0: in the world of hollywood movies get greenlit and redlit they get remade and rebooted but we are the ideal i'm sam gash and you are listening to ideal remake Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. Sometimes your entire life boils down to one insane move. And today, that move is attempting to remake James Cameron's Avatar. And to help me is Tim Talk co-host Cameron Dexter. Hello. Cameron Brown. How would you like me to introduce either you? Either or. Hi, right, cool. So, Cameron, is Avatar a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade?
1: I say it shouldn't be, but it probably will. Yeah. Look, we've been waiting... 11 years now 12 for this sequel. <laughs> 12.
2: the sequel the sequel was
1: supposed to come out in uh, 2012 was the original date so i guess it would be nine years of pushbacks which will be 10 years because the movie's supposed to be next december so
0: was it supposed to be just a single sequel that then
1: got split into four movies pretty much yes wow that's a uh, that's some real hobbit energy going on right there it really is and james cameron is just notorious for for pushing these things back uh, if I can tell a, a weird personal story really quick, from not from me, from my mom.
0: I, I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: Uh, my mom used to work at Blockbuster. She was uh, very high up with them and with the Viacom group and she had a story when they were working on Titanic when <laughs> she was in a boardroom with uh, Sumner Redstone who was head of Viacom at the time and he called James Cameron in and he started yelling at James Cameron for being so over budget on Titanic and James Cameron looked at him and he said, I'm gonna make the money back and left the room. <laughs> Uh, that is a, b- I mean, James Cameron, King of
0: Bold Moves. Yes. I mean, he's delayed this for nine years mm-hmm. and it's four movies. And this is a movie that people talk about its lack of staying power in the like popular subconscious. Do you think
1: he'll make the money back? I, I, I don't, I don't know at this point. Cause These movies better be good. Yes.
0: Because the original isn't.
1: So that's the thing. I loved Avatar when it came out. Past tense. I still do. <laughs> okay. I will rephrase that. I was obsessed with. Oh, that's what I say. I still love it. The obsession has has waned. Fair. When the movie originally came out, I was so obsessed. I saw it four times opening weekend. Wow. I saw it at the midnight showing on Thursday night, again Friday night with my parents, Saturday afternoon on my own, and then Sunday night with my high school girlfriend, Good. where she fell asleep the entire time. Oh no.
0: Well, I, get, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Sam, so,
1: hold on. I learned the language.
0: I know that. I, yes. I was going to try to let you slip by without
1: uh, exposing that to uh, the world, but nonetheless, go oh, on. No, no, I am proud of it. Oh, okay, good. I, I am, you I'm, learned a language. You should be. Yes, I learned Navian for a brief minute. I couldn't speak Spanish. I could speak <laughs> Navian before I could speak Spanish. As a kid growing up in Dallas, that says a lot. I
0: grew up in Arizona, and I also can't speak Spanish. Yes, I went to uh, Jewish day school, and we learned to speak Hebrew. And when I went to college, I was like, I should learn to speak Spanish. But all like the Hebrew got in the way, and my mm-hmm. wires kept getting crossed. And when I was supposed to learning, I was when I was supposed to learn a Spanish word, all I could think of was the Hebrew word. <laughs> and I was like, I guess languages aren't
1: for me. Right. And I just like gave up. That's how I felt. The two languages I've learned, I can speak Navian and I can write Elvish.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. And I haven't had
1: a date in 10 years.
0: <laughs> that's not true.
1: That's that's not true. I had a horrible date last weekend. <laughs> there you go.
0: See, the important thing is we've both been ghosted a lot. Yes. Because that's what uh, modern dating is.
1: And that's what James Cameron has done to us for 10 years. <laughs> yes.
0: But what I was going to say is that, like, it makes sense. I'm going to have you introduce, like, who you are in a second, but you're an artist. And I always, when I saw this movie, I didn't love it. When I, like, even walking out of the theaters in 2009, I described it as, this is a bad movie but it's a great experience. Mm-hmm. And especially as like an art project, like you go in and one of the things I did when I was researching someone to direct this movie for our remake is I needed someone who was an artist and also a director. And I feel like just because of that logic and the way I kind of see it, it makes sense to me
1: that this is a movie that appeals to you. Yes. Because it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It. It. The scenery in this movie is like... I, I'm surprised Disney hasn't done, like, a Disney Plus, like, fake nature documentary of Pandora. Oh. And I bet when, I, I'm sure they're holding out until Avatar 2, but I would not be surprised if we get, like, a fake Nat Geo Pandora They should thing. do that. That's a really good idea. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so Cam, uh, <laughs> why don't you tell
0: uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, why don't you tell us who we are listening to today?
1: Uh, yes, uh, hi, my name is Cameron Dexter, uh. I am the other half of Tim Talk. You've had uh, my co-host, Chris Lord, on every now and then. Mm -hmm. We are the podcast by the DC Animated Universe, Kirk of Bruce Tim. Uh, (laughs) But who are you? Yes, I (laughs) am artist animator out in Los Angeles. I kind of work between a couple different studios, but mainly uh, my love and passions with Disney. And I, what else do I say? I don't know. I go to the parks a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's
0: great. That's all you needed. You're an an artist and you do work for Disney. That's great. Yeah. Cool.
1: Good yes, for you. I'm slightly obsessed, and so it, you're
0: super fan of the fact that Disney now owns Avatar.
1: Yes. Good. Yeah. So I've been to Pandora at Disney World. Oh, because if you if you don't know, I don't Animal Kingdom. A couple years ago, they expanded and made Pandora its own land within one of the parks at Disney World. That makes sense. It is incredible. It it is so much. The problem is exactly how you started the episode is there was no interest for it whatsoever. <laughs> it was so dulled and people were like rioting that this was the expansion of animal king we were getting but they recreated the hallelujah mountains and you walk Ooh. in and you see the floating mountains of pandora right in front of you and it is breathtaking
0: i mean that does sound pretty cool yeah that's like
1: not even just from a fan perspective as like just a, a generic theme park person seeing little floating mountains in front of you is awe-inspiring yeah that sounds cool all right. All right uh, fair <laughs> enough. I'll give that. I'll give that to you. Uh, but, like, so
0: when you first saw Avatar in 2009, what was it that, like, you've now had all this time to, like, think about it. Do you know what it was other than the just the fact that it's a beautiful world that really, like, brought you back to this theater three more times within a couple of days?
1: I... This was my first experience going into a movie completely blind. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen a trailer for it. I didn't know anything about it. My friend group and I, we went... That's my <laughs> the, preferred way to see movies. <clears throat> yeah, the reason we went to the Avatar Midnight premiere... One, I just got my license uh, so I could <laughs> drive. Uh, but mainly, uh, we were such big Last Airbender fans. We were going as a protest <laughs> to James Cameron's Avatar Great. to promote Avatar The Last Airbender. And we made shirts. We designed shirts <laughs> day of that said, wait, where's Ang?" And wore it to the premiere <laughs> of the, the opening night. Good. Yes.
0: So then of your group of friends was your perspective unique or did you all, were you all blown away by it the movie? was just me oh good yes. oh no i'm so
2: sorry no it's
1: fine this movie has has been so special for me because it was i'd seen it so many times through high school and college i had most of it memorized which is impressive for being <laughs> 2 was, hours and 41 minutes yeah it's a long movie and uh i went to college in kansas and i'd drive back and forth from dallas to kansas i would play the movie the audio for the movie as i was driving back and forth and that was a third of my drive. Is that a thing you can do? Is that a thing that exists? That's what I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, the, not not the soundtrack, just the audio from the movie. Well, I would play the movie on my phone and just kind of put my phone away so I could hear it going on. Got it.
0: Which is wild considering that I just said that I thought it was appealing to you because of its visual <laughs> component, and you're saying that for a lot of it, for you, it was just listening to it.
1: Well, I, I could play it in my head.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's I, super
1: safe driver. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, there's not a lot of people between Dallas and Kansas, Okay. That's fair. There's a state no one likes, and then half of Kansas. Which state? Oklahoma. Oh.
0: Does no one like Oklahoma?
1: Texans don't like Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. That, that, that tracks. That, that I remember that now.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, fine. Fair enough. So then, for us, for our purposes, I don't know how much of this movie we need to like, go over, but I will say, so I saw this movie in theaters in 2009, and then nothing, and then I watched it again a couple nights ago. Wow. Okay. And, like, I had the perspective that I already mentioned, and then watching it again uh, a couple nights ago, I was like, this was fine, this was fun, I had a nice time, I was watching it with a friend of mine, and there were a lot of things in the movie that I didn't remember, and it didn't feel like there was a lot of air that needed to be taken out. So, it did. like, it's a long movie, it- and they needed to get to the point very fast, but they kept, like, filling it with stuff. Yes. Which I get, But also, it needs to be 45 minutes shorter.
1: I I was writing time codes of when we were meeting characters that were (laughs) important. You don't meet Natiri, the female love interest, until 38 minutes into the movie.
0: Well, because the the thing I did not remember about this movie at all is it starts on Earth. We see future Earth. Yes. Gone. It completely wiped from my brain. And I
1: don't think we should have it in the movie at all. I don't think it's necessary. We don't care. It doesn't matter. The problem with the opening, and this was one of my big points, is it's seven minutes of just exposition. Yeah. They're just setting up the world. And it's
0: all exposition that we get later just intrinsically in the movie. Right. Like, there's a moment when, uh, I literally just had to look down at my piece of paper to remember his name, when Jake Sully (laughs) uh, shows up on uh, 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 attorney or whatever the plan is. Pandora. Thank you. Pandora. Pandora. When he shows up on Spotify, he... Like gets there and they're like, oh man, you really do just like your twin brother who's dead. And it's like, great. So why did we need to have that whole five to ten minute scene seeing it happen? You were just going to tell us about it later. Yes. I don't think we need Earth at all. I think we can literally start with him landing on Pandora. Right. Much faster.
1: Oh, I think, 20 I think minutes. James Cameron, what uh, oh, I feel like it is, because the opening shot is, this: is you see Earth, but then you see the spaceship they're on. Yeah. And I think James Cameron wanted, he wanted his- to show the spaceship. He wanted his Star Wars moment. Because oh. that's all the Star Wars movies open, is the spaceship scene coming towards the camera.
0: But it didn't open with, did it open with the spaceship? I think it
1: opened with it. Yeah, because we saw the spaceship first, because then he comes out of oh, uh, yeah, cryo. Oh, uh, out of hypersleep or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then you see Earth yes, in the flashback, right. and then you see them burn his brother's body, because, you know, yeah, that's why right. not?
0: I mean, it makes sense if James Cameron has the ego to think he's making his Star Wars, which yes. he is, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We should start on Pandora.
1: Let's start on Pandora.
0: <laughs> yeah, because we don't need any of that.
1: I do want to applaud your Spotify joke. I did appreciate it. I didn't audibly laugh, but internally, that was good. It's all right. Didn't necessarily I had a need to be good Good,
0: I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but other than that... There aren't that many characters in this movie that are important. Like, basically, all of the characters with more than one speaking line, I counted, and I recast all of them, and there's 11. Yes. And that's not that many for a two-hour, 45-minute movie.
1: Well, I I agree, but I think they introduced them so fast that I don't remember anyone. Correct. Uh, Like, I remember Jake, I remember Nateri, uh, and I remember Grace. Yeah. And that's kind of it.
0: That, same. Like, I also just remember those three. Like, there's that moment when... Who's his face? Norm Spellman. Yeah. Shows the up.
1: Greatest name character.
0: And he's like, oh man, I'm, the, I'm an expert. I know all about these mountains and whatever. And I'm like, oh, so this is the guy that's going to die. And he's the one person that doesn't.
1: Exactly.
2: He's
0: literally, like, he's the best friend trope who's like, oh man, you lovable person who's jealous, you're going to sacrifice yourself and it's going to be super sad. No, he's literally the only person that lives. With the exception of, like, Natiri.
1: And, um, the scientist. Who just wasn't there.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dr. Max Patel. Yes. And so I thought that was very funny, but it was also, so basically these two show up on the same spaceship to a whole world of other avatars and people and, uh, 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 who's her face who plays the main, uh, Sigourney Weaver. Thank you. And Sigourney Weaver science stuff going on. And then it's just Sigourney Weaver in these two. Everyone else who's in the avatar program, who's at the beginning playing basketball and being in their avatar bodies they sh- they're there and they're at the very end when we're watch we're watching the military guys got marched off planet. Right. They're
1: just the rest of them just aren't in this movie, which I wanted that's one of the rewrites I want to do. Good, tell me about it. I think there's a big if you guys haven't seen the movie, it's too much for us to do as like a synopsis. There's yeah, a moment in the fair. middle. It's it-
0: this movie was such a cultural touchstone that everyone kind of gives, has a sense of like, oh yeah, Pocahontas dances with wolves, but in space, you get it. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Go on.
1: Yes. Um, Jake's purpose for being there is one, or the the his purpose A with Grace is to just kind of be a scientist because they spent so much money on the Avatar body for his brother. Mm-hmm. The B story for him is kind of in background. He's working with the military side of the expedition, to convince the natives to move off of home tree because there's a big plot of Unobtainium, which we're going to get into that too cuz I also we have to rename that. I to don't rename care it. what the name I, is, but it, it has to be anything it, else. It literally doesn't matter what the name is, but the, it can't be that name. Right.
0: It's just the fucking titanium. It doesn't matter. Anything
1: else. And so he fails and the military comes in and just blows up home tree. Yep. And it's a very hard like hard stop. Mm-hmm. Home tree's blown up. I think they should have used the other avatars or we had, like, the military people kind of take over the other avatars, and as Jake is introducing the the Sky people to the, um, what is the name of the clan? I practice saying this, because I wouldn't look stupid right here in this moment. The, whatever, the Navi. Sure. The I forgot what the tribe is called. Uh, as they're, like, reintroducing them to their people, have the, like, other, now military avatars sneaking things in, having bombs set up around the tree, doing something where it's, like, Not only does it hurt the Navi, but they can specifically pin it on Jake. Like, this is Jake's fault.
0: Great. I love that because it's a really good mirror to what I also have planned,
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, which we'll get to in a second. My other pitch for them was going to be that a lot of the people who are in this program either die slash are killed or go native. And, like, they're like, this is a better way to live. And they, like, end up, like, they're, they're... Their human body ends up withering away to nothing because they spend all their time living as a Navi to the point where they eventually also die just because they weren't taking care of their human body because it was so much worse being human when they could be this Navi and, like, living this, like, the
1: other way. Yeah. The Umetikai. That was the name that I couldn't think of. Well done. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so I, just as a way to, like, kind of be like, we're just constantly having to bring in new people because for whatever reason, just this whole process is, it's very taxing on the mind. Mm Mm-hmm. But the couple of, like, I made a couple of notes that there are a couple of things that I wanted to do for just kind of, like, this whole thing. Because it's Dances with Wolves in Space. But I don't think it takes advantage of that as much as it could be. Like, it's a very cool world, but it's still a forest. And there's still an indigenous First Nation population riding horses into battle. Yes. Like, they get to ride their cool sky dragons, but that's kind of the only alien thing. And even then, it's still pretty human.
1: It's also hilarious that they have special names for everything except the horses. The Navis still call them horses. Do they actually? Yeah I, I googled it and the on the Pandora wiki they are called dire horses. Great. Yeah. Wow
0: um so that's just stellar. So my pit so one of the things I wanted to start with was kind of the way the aliens worked.
1: Good. Are you talking about the tentacle? Like, the, the... The braid? The braid? Yeah. That's dumb, and I don't want it. I have a whole multi-paragraphs written about the biology of Pandora, the biology of the Navi, and how nothing makes sense. Great. Tell, tell me about that, <laughs> and then I'm going to tell you my pitch for how to change it. Okay. So, what the initial part that doesn't make sense is the only two animals... We see four animals in this movie. Uh, we see, like, kind of five or six <laughs> in the but four yeah. central areas. There's the the kind of rhinoceros thing... There's the, the panther thing, which is called a the Tantor. There's the dire horses, and there's the Ikrons. And then there's the big... Uh, uh... A Taduk. Yes, thank you. Yeah, uh, the shadow, uh, the last shadow. Yep. They all... So they have a, a point of they connect their braided tentacle thing to the braid of the animal to kind of have this mental link with them so they can pass commands on. Right. Of those four animals, only two of them have the braids. And not only do they have one braid, they both have two braids. Mm-hmm. They both have, like, I assume symmetry. A left and a right? Yes. Why does an animal, the Icons, the Banshees, why, when they have a ample conversation about you bond with one and only one is with you for life? When it has
0: when two, it has two braids! When it has uh, two, uh, two access ports. Yes.
1: It doesn't <laughs> make sense. Also, why is it on the head for both creatures when it should be on the waist? It should be on the tail, in my opinion. It should wrap around a la, uh, Namekian style. Yeah, I was gonna say, like,
0: (laughs) when, uh, so when they're doing this fight, and at the very end, uh, Colonel, uh, Miles Cortic is holding Jake up by his ponytail, I'm like, oh, they finally found the Saiyan's tail. I literally said that out loud.
1: Yes. Yeah. Cause also, I imagine getting that cut off would be a real big problem. Right. And also, like... In my mind, I'm a very clumsy person. There's a long braid that's just <laughs> out from me connected to an animal in a that forest. That is
0: not prehensile. It's,
1: like the tail is. It's going to get caught on something. Yes. Immediately. The and it's going to hurt. walking through branches all the time. Yeah. You're riding fast. Yes. It's going <laughs> to yeah, hurt. Yeah, that's true too. If it's at the waist where it should be. Then it's like a much shorter connection. It's almost seatbelt like. Well, as it is, it goes from your head to the tentacle thing of, of the head in front of you. If it jerks its head one way, you get pulled off. Right, and so this was the dumb. I'm not a biologist. I'm an artist. <laughs> Great, but this is my thinking for it. Is like it. The reason it's so close to the head, in my opinion, is so it can send the it can send the relays faster to the other animal. But you don't need it to be faster than you're sending it to the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's the point of it? Being sent out, you know, milliseconds faster to the animal than it is to your legs when you're also controlling it with your legs. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't make sense. What it should be is an out an output port on the tail and uh, like a matrix style input port on the head. Got it. So that way it's a it's a full loop instead of so th- that way th- it has two tentacles. So one is input, one's output. Well, I think the imp- the only input you need because you also see this when they're trying to revive Grace. Yeah, is when they're at the Tree of Souls the tentacles go through her nape they go through her neck they don't go to the tentacle even the avatar version yeah so like the only place you need the and they're all like all the trees are tentacle-esque in their own right they're all soul trees yes so like sorry (laughs) (laughs) all the all the like import stuff like the memories and stuff you're only getting from the trees Mm -hmm. so just plug that into your head and you're good cool what is your pitch
0: uh, I So I agree mostly with everything you're saying. Okay. I think the necessity of the input port, especially when so much of what we're doing is switching to wireless, I think renders that useless. I think the ponytails are very are interesting Yeah, what aesthetic. about when 5G
1: comes to like basically, Pandora?
0: <laughs> well, like even when the when Jake's avatar is in the pod, it's completely naked, but the hair is still braided. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, it, I think those are weird and I think we can do better. So part of what bothered me about it is that it felt very human. It felt like a human with an extension cord. And I wanted, especially if we're going to be on an alien world, I think it needed to be something so inherently different to the human experience. And plugging your tail cord into something is not inherently separate to the human experience necessarily. (laughs) I was going to make a really bad joke, but I'm going to not make that joke. This isn't a great example because I think the author who wrote this is just a piece of garbage. But I think the book did a good job of this. Okay. Did you ever read, like, any of the Ender's Game series of books?
1: I have read the Ender's Game. So I read the first one.
0: So you've read Ender's Game. So the yes. sequel is called Speaker for the Dead. Got it. And it's Ender, all grown up, living on an alien world. So And you have not read that.
1: I have not. I also need to clarify because if Chris listens, Chris, I have read this one. <laughs> <laughs> Chris doesn't listen to this. I didn't think so. Prove me wrong,
0: Chris. <laughs> He
1: might. I don't know. If you're on it, I'm sure you will. Because
0: see, that'd be a good friend and he'll tell us about it, right? Right. Yeah. We can ask. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, so basically in Speaker for the Dead, and Orson Scott Card's a bad person, but the book basically live in this alien world where there are... I don't remember the names of any of the aliens. If I'd been smart, I would have looked it up. But there's basically three or four different species. And when that species dies... Like, the the sentient creatures kind of become... Like, all of the trees on this planet used to be the sentient alien species. And, like, even the trees are still sentient, but it's, like, when the creature dies, it, like, it has a plant in it, and that plant grows and becomes this tree. The snakes become, like, the, uh, the vines, and, like, the worms in the dirt become the grass. And it is a literal one-for-one one of something so separate from our experience because... A human doesn't, like, when a human dies, it's just dead. But when these creatures die, they become this tree. And so I wanted to come up with something that was very, very, very alien. But obviously I'm able to come up with it, so it's not something beyond our realm of experience. But it's something that we could kind of understand. And to tell you where I kind of got my inspiration for this, you'll appreciate, because my inspiration for this is Raven from Teen Titans. Sick. So basically, what I think we need is, I want to lose the ponytail, and I kind of want to play around with the idea of the soul trees, because I want something that Natiri says to be along the lines of, we make these connections because we share a part of our soul with them. If it's a small, weak-willed creature, it doesn't take much, and we're able to kind of share that and then bring it back, like with a little mouse running around. Mm -hmm. But with the horses, we have to give a little bit more of ourselves, and the more willpower and and the more... spirit that the creature we're trying to bond with has the more of our own soul it takes and that's why it's so difficult to uh to that's why no one's ever able to bond with the the living the shadow uh to duke. to duke because it has more spirit than we do and it would then like its spirit would consume ours and so i steal this from raven from the titans because she talks about how she is able to use her magic and take control of things because she puts a little bit of her soul in everything she uh controls and I thought in this world that made sense. And then at, when they die, their spirit can leave them and join the the tree of ancestors, the spirit tree. And that way and there's and that way death isn't even the end. And they that because the only person that mentions Natiri's sister in this entire movie is Sigourney Weaver. Not Natiri, not Natiri's parents. Just Sigourney Weaver. Right. And so that struck me as like for them she's not really gone because they're able to communicate with her spirit in this tree. So let's make that that subtext text and say when they die, if they die an honorable death and they're able to be laid to rest near this tree, their spirit is able to just rejoin the all spark or whatever and like be the collective of the tribe. Mm-hmm. And that's why the idea of destroying this tree is so abhorrent because you're literally snuffing out all the ancestors, right? And they're just gone, like that way. And then death would become permanent, which is terrifying. And like. Like the option of becoming, like, the home tree or the spirit tree and, like, the people who die sick and they weren't able to get there, they become part of this other tree. So I feel like one of them needs to be taken out, but not, like, the important one. Right. But that was kind of my replacement for the, the ponytails because it's an interesting aesthetic choice, but largely I feel like it's a hindrance, it's silly, it's super easy to make fun of, and I feel like it hides the metaphor that you actually could be going for. Because it said it's just, uh, well, I plug into the horse and then I can ride it. And I feel like this way I'm able to, like, I give of myself into this horse. And I also think that that way you get the moment, you can even get the moment of one of them tries to take over Tanook or tries to take over one of the, the uh, dragon birds and loses himself in it. And so now they're just an empty husk without a soul. And it's Okay. And I feel like, like, here are consequences. Like, this is, oh, well, you die. Cool. We know that's not going to happen. But you can literally see what would happen if they lose all of themselves in this process of they give all like it take they lose control and like they, they lose all of their spirit all their soul into the creature and the creature goes off and like even that can matter because in in my mind, I don't think Jake Sully should be their messiah. I agree, I think Nateria
1: should be absolutely,
0: and I have justification for that later, but in terms of just like the way they bond with the animals and the spirits and the way like that whole world lives together as a continuum of souls how how do you feel about that pitch what other ways do you want to play
1: with that idea
0: if that's an idea you even like
1: no i dig i fully dig that idea because i because cool. when they're doing the um the the acron the Akron ceremony where they're they're getting their their dragon the, piece yes you see there's two other like teens with yeah. them that are also going through the ritual which we never see Right, I I wish like we would have seen the dangers of it first. Like it's obviously scary yeah, to of the mountains. Failed. Yeah, you're on top of the floating mountains. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think that would be awesome if you got to see one of the kids like who couldn't do it and now there's so much more stake to Jake who like isn't supposed to be there in the first place. Like he's just supposed to be a spy.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Then great.
1: Yeah. Well, cuz then also like they make such a big deal of like uh Jake has a line where they like the the um I just forgot the name again. Oh my god. The Na'vi people They, he has a line of like, everyone in the, everyone in the tribe is born twice. The second time is when you finish the Akron ceremony and you become one of the people. Mm -hmm. And that, like, with how you're pitching it, that makes so much more sense. Of like, now you are part of the communal spirit because you have passed this test. You have become, you have shared yourself with the forest and now you are part of the forest. And
0: they can even make a point that none of the sky people, Navi, are really ever able to do it. They're never really able to give of themselves like a part of their soul in order to truly bond with these creatures. Like they can ride one of the dire horses, but it's not a true bond until Jake like actually is like, oh, okay, and is able to do it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he should be the Messiah. No. So I think the movie as it exists now has two Messiahs. I think there's the Messiah who takes it and then the Messiah who it is offered to her. In... The movie as we have it now, the the tree is attacked and all of the Navi completely lose their trust in Jake. And the only way he can get their trust back is to become their messiah. Like, oh well, you're not gonna trust me anymore. I'll make you trust me. And then he like hijacks the Tanuk
1: and becomes the Tanuk rider. Tanuk Moktao, yes. Yes.
0: And I'm I'm never gonna get that. So. No, that's fine. Okay, I I've
1: planned for this part. Good.
0: Uh and so like like, he, he's very sneaky, and he uses precision, and he strikes, and he does it, and he gets the job done, and that's great, but I, I kind of think that makes him a false messiah, because mm-hmm. he kind of just, like, plugged himself in and took control, whereas at no point in the movie do they ever talk about someone riding the panther thing.
1: Well, because there's no port. That's part of my problem.
0: Right. But the panther offers itself to Natiri. Right. Which means that it is choosing her. And I feel like that's much more powerful of like, you are the one who is chosen who should be able to do this. It wasn't taken by force. It is offered freely. And so the movie as it exists now, I think has Jake who takes the messiahship and Natiri who it is offered to. And so I think in our version of this movie, I think Jake needs to try to be the messiah and fail. But in order to save him, Natiri must become the true messiah.
1: I I fully dig that. Okay. There's there's another aspect of the forest that I want to bring up. I, I think it might be a little counterintuitive to what you just pitched, but I wanna I wanna throw it out there anyway. I think the forest needs to be a character in itself. Agreed. 100% agreed. Because at the very end, the forest is what saves the day. I it, think
0: the forest needs to be like the swamp from Avatar. The yes. Avatar, the last Airbender. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a conscious, living thing, all kind of connected in a single living organism. But yes, continue.
1: Right. And so the first time we see the forest as a character is when Natiri is about to shoot Jake and kind of a spore from the spirit tree comes and kind of blocks her vision for a second. Yeah, it lands on her arrow. Yes. And then all the spores come and kind of surround Jake as Natiri is talking to him.
0: Yeah, it's basically like uh, the grandmother Willow from Pocahontas going, This one's special. Yeah.
1: Look yeah. out for this one, hun. Yeah, basically. I think instead of having the very obvious stuff, have the forest like be the thing that's keeping Jake alive. Yeah. Uh, Like when he's... You see, you first see him like being very clumsy and not understanding how to kind of move in this world, mm-hmm. and he falls off a beam. Don't have natiri catch him. Have like a leaf just suddenly be there, yeah, and it kind of slows his descent. He still falls, but it's like, it's a much softer fall, yeah. And kind of all of these events keep happening until you realize it's the forest that is keeping him alive. Like the forest needs him to be alive for this final battle. They know is going to happen.
0: Good, I completely agree with that. I think that's yeah, absolutely good
1: yeah because like you never see the spores again
0: uh they're around they bury one of them with that dead that's dude. true i did forget yes
1: they're true.
0: occasionally around in like when uh natiri's mom does stuff by the way does she does natiri need to be related to both the both leaders of the tribe or can she just be a member of the tribe also because then because my only problem is that if we then make natiri the the chosen one then it's just like well she's the special Mm-hmm. she's the magical princess who is always destined for greatness i'd well, rather she just be a member of the tribe
1: well i i wonder if that is more like native related to like to like actual native american history uh like i don't know if it's always been the way before of like shaman being married to the chief
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. that doesn't bother me i just care that it's uh that
1: the chief the, the princess
0: that it's um n- not narcissism nepotism yes and I don't think nepotism is necessary. I think it's more powerful if it's, if it's not the princess of the tribe finds this outsider and
1: it's Beauty and the Beast. What I think, to that point, what I think is interesting is... Human is, is the she,
0: Beast, which I find funny.
1: Because <laughs> uh, we are. Yes. Uh, she is not being raised to be the next chief, though. She's raised to be the next um, shaman. Right. And uh, Sute is raised to be the next
0: chief. Yeah. It, it's still very gendered. do Which yes. I don't, we don't need... I don't care about that at all. Yeah,
1: take your gender norms off Pandora.
0: Yeah, like, why, why should Earth gender norms exist here in space? Right. I think we should get rid of, the nepotism, I think we should get rid of the gender norms.
1: We also see that she is pretty much the best hunter and yeah. the best, like, well, shot Well, she's also, she's the, also the
0: only one we see, so it doesn't matter. That's true. Because we see a, 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 Sute. Sute take down one of the rhino things by shooting it in its gill. Yeah. And then Jake is like, oh, okay, cool. And then he does the same
1: thing. I guess. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can go into this forever. I, I think, I wish we got to see Sute and Jake go at it. I agree. Because I wanted to see native versus, like, military tactics.
0: Yes, because I think that's important. Yes. And I think that, that, and I think that that's hugely important because I feel like the tactics at the end during the final battle are garbage. Right. When I was watching the final battle, when they have this whole fleet of airships in the sky and then a bunch of things on the ground, literally the the Na'vi force attacks every single thing except the one that mattered. Mm-hmm. And I think that having a battle between Jake and Sute would be important because we would have to see why both of those strategies, but what works about them and what, Fails about them, so that way at the final battle they can do a melding of those strategies, and they can like put up a smokescreen, think we're attacking everybody, and literally they're just going after the one that matters, right? Which
1: is like the big ship. Yeah, he's a marine. He, if I remember, should have tactics. Well, if I remember this, if I remember my branch of the military correctly, he shouldn't know air tactics though. That should be fully Sute. That's true too. He should be. He should be the one on the ground.
0: Right, but also, why are any of them on the ground? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because they know that... Literally, they know. uh, uh, Dr. Max Patel tells him that they they are going to drop a bomb on the Sacred Grove. The the dudes on the ground don't matter. All they need to do is just take, like, just stop the big ship. And then the, like, the other ships have rockets and things. You can take them out later. Take out the bomb... And then everything else would follow.
1: Yeah, the big one in the middle.
0: Yeah, which is the one, none of the, Sute everything does. else goes around.
1: Sute tries, because uh, he takes out all of the, everyone except one of the guys kind of protecting That's true. the bombs. I didn't even realize that that was on the big ship. I just thought
0: that was on one of the other random ships. It was not very clear. Okay, but yes, you're right. Sute did.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: Sute, his strategy should have been employed here. Sute should have been a bigger character. He should have. And he shouldn't just be, shouldn't have just been the jealous ex stereotype. Because that's boring. Mm-hmm. He should be distrustful of Jake because he, he, Sute had been dating Natiri's sister and watched her get gunned
1: down in front of him. Yeah, which is textually in the movie, and she's never brought up. I, I I'm fine with him being the high school bully. Like I'm totally cool. Okay. with him like Jake is learning how to ride the dire horse, and, and he Sute comes and, and just like he just like. Hits it on the back and the dire horse starts running and Jake like falls off.
0: Yeah, I'm cool with that too. And you can say, you gotta be prepared.
1: Yeah, like he, I'm fine with him being a dick. Okay, uh, great. I, but yeah, he does need to be more present. Yes,
0: he needs to be, uh, we need to
1: see why he's next in line for chief. Yes,
0: thank you. Yeah, other than just being the toughest one, which again is very, um, human. Yeah, and that annoys me.
1: We don't see if if i remember correctly we don't see why grace was exiled from the Ometakai. i think she was exiled because she's human
0: and it's just like this this thing happened like her this thing happened in the door of her school and so they associate her got with the school got it okay that makes sense like i don't remember Natiri's sister's name but it was Natiri and Sute who went and lit some of the tractors on fire or some of the mining equipment on fire and the military tracked them down and shot them in the school okay which is uh sigourney weaver was telling that story and it was like wow you this really like was a huge deal for you no one ever like other people it should be like this sounds like it was just a big deal in general Mm -hmm. especially for her to die this way and let's say for her soul not because she was killed and there was never a possibility for her soul to be able to join the tree so she's just gone and i feel like that would be like a real like scar on a people yeah oh for sure So it should be more present. And that's another good reason. Like, we trusted you. We thought you would protect
1: us. You didn't. Now she's just gone. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, yes, that makes a lot more sense. Because with the initial thing that I pitched of, like, having the military come in, there's obviously a lot of parallels between the Navi and Native American tribes when uh, when white people came.
0: First Nation tribes anywhere. Yes. Because it's also, like, the Aboriginal tribes in Australia, literally everywhere. Uh, Mm -hmm. All of, like, the Native uh, Mexican
1: people. Yeah, there's a very literal trail of tears reference, yeah. which I think like this is a PG thirteen movie. You can push into these kind of darker things. Mm-hmm. One thing I I either wanted it in a past tense thing, or like if we go along with the idea of like military taking over, mm-hmm. like bring in the really shitty underhanded tactics that we did to Native Americans. Bring which in, is promise them something, they agree to it, and then lie. Oh no, I was thinking more of just like the blankets. Oh, you were thinking smallpox? Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be disease, but have, like, sneak something in yeah. that is disastrous to the people. I mean,
0: that could even be the thing that takes down the school of they hide bad things in the books. Mm-hmm. Like, fine, we will agree, we will provide books so you can learn and be educated, if that's something you want. But then they put, so, uh, like, some sort of, like, plant killer in the books, and it yeah. just starts hurting the forest. Mm-hmm. And no one realizes what's going on.
1: Yeah, we'd be gone.
0: Yeah, basically. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I agree with that. I absolutely 100% agree with that. Yeah.
1: This, is, this is a much smaller note, uh, but it's something that I wish we got to see. I, I wanted the Fern Gully moment because no one talks about Fern Gully. This is also a riff off of Fern Gully. Yes. Uh, to an extreme point. I want the moment because we only ever see in the opening shot, I want the moment where Jake sees the destruction that's happening to the rest of the planet because we're only ever in the beautiful green forest. Where has the mining stopped? Yeah, I want Jake to like have this great time either running through the forest or on his on his ekran. And then we need to see the the quarry. Yes, that that's exactly what I want to see. Is I want him to fly over and the forest is just gone, and it's it's the Lord of the Rings moment where yeah. it's just acres of nothing.
0: Yes, I agree. We do need that. Mm-hmm. Good. Yes, I think that is important. And I think because at this point Jake is like I'm a a snarky jerk who never shuts my mouth. Um, I think there needs to be something that is so sobering that's like, okay, I kind of understand why what we're doing is a problem. Because he needs to be on the military side until he's not. There needs to be something that shakes that faith.
1: It's not sex. And it has to not be sex. Mm-hmm. Especially weird tentacle sex. Weird
0: tentacle sex. Agreed.
1: Yeah. Cut absolutely. it. Just cut it fully. Yeah. Like, just let them James, have... James, what were you doing? <laughs> and,
0: then, and then Sigourney <laughs> Weaver just goes, Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's,
1: like, it's like, that's not how I thought it worked. <laughs>
0: yeah, all right. Uh, like the uh, the moment from the episode of Futurama?
1: Hold on. Which episode? Where they discover the lost city of Atlanta? Mermaid, yes, yeah. yes.
0: Well, what do you, I don't understand. <laughs> What's that? Well, uh, wh- what I do is I lay my eggs and leave the room, and then you spray your fertilizer. It's like,
1: uh, why couldn't she
0: have been one of the other kind of fish people with the fish part on the top and the lady part on the bottom?
1: Oh, Fry. <laughs> you you delightful idiot. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, at this point, he is, like, he's in an Avatar. So, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Also, this is just for me. It's weird to me that they name the movie after, like, kind of the functionality of the technology they're using. Like, I feel like Avatar's the wrong... Like, they're, he's in an Avatar. Fine. I feel like pandora or navi or whatever would have been a more interesting like even like just naming it the movie obviously before the music service took off pandora i think would have been a better name for this movie mm-hmm. because i think naming it avatar aside from the fact that i love the cartoon
1: i also just think it's the wrong name i i i'm i'm kind of torn on this because i think the the idea of the movie is misunderstanding dreams versus reality okay and that is kind of jake's through line is not being able to tell which one is real okay and i think avatar connects to that better than kind of any other word we can think of except maybe like inception all right fair enough all right i'll give that to you Mm -hmm. one of the other things this movie does and i feel like we need
0: to hang a lantern on it is it is very phobic of disabled people and it's like oh man my life is over as soon as i got disabled when i ended up in this wheelchair everything was bad and i don't Think that's a good message because I think there are a lot of people on wheel in wheelchairs who live very full life. I think there are a lot of people in wheelchairs who wish they weren't, but there are a lot of disabled people of all kinds of disability who lead full, active, and love their life just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like p- part of me wanted to have Jake's avatar also be disabled, but I don't think that would work in the movie. And the visual distinction of him going from a wheelchair and all of a sudden being able to stand again. I think does kind of work. But I feel like in the final battle, I think he needs, like, if you want to have the kind of bookends, I think he needs to be disabled again. And I think he needs to, like, embrace this is who he is and embrace that there's nothing wrong with someone who is disabled. Or at least get away from the message of disabled equals bad, worthless. Well,
1: So there's, I, I'm also split on this concept because there's a moment the first time jake wakes from his avatar body Mm -hmm. uh back back into his human body so we just finished the running around through the training grounds and you see scorny weaver and they go to bed and you see him like sit up bolt up from the seat and he immediately looks at his feet yeah and realizes that he can't move them anymore right because i think like having something every time you wake back up to be gone again like you, you just can't ever get rid of that pain. Yeah. Okay. But, but at the same time, I I agree that I think there there is kind of an uh, an ableist aspect to this movie. That's the word I was trying to think of. Thank you. Um, he's never slowed down by his wheelchair in any aspect. And the part that I thought was funny at first, but then I'm like, no, it makes sense. Is when they escape prison and they're running down the hall. He's out running. He's out wheeling. Uh, norm and grace yeah and also holding a gun while he's we- like he's in full military mode still yeah. like nothing is slowing him down
0: yeah i agree like that that yes you're
1: right okay yeah, so like it like he's he's pained by the wheelchair but nothing about the wheelchair has ever like made him miss a be like he never lets anyone help him in and out of the, right. the rig you never see anyone pushing him in the wheelchair like he's as independent as he possibly can be still that's true and i think that that's good.
0: I th- I think you're right. I think if we just get rid of, like, the ableist mentality...
1: We also still have four movies where we have a chance <laughs> to my, lose the
0: legs. My God. But yes, you're right. Okay, you're right. I'll give that to you. I, th- I think you are correct. If you are having military people take over these other people's avatars, I think we can also go in the other direction of when the attack is happening. If we're doing kind of the Raven from Teen Titans-esque soul bonding... I think you can take this in another direction of having Na'vi taking control of human bodies because their own spirit is overpowering the spirit of the people whose just hearts really aren't in doing this.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I'm so down for that. Because I was, I was thinking of uh, Winter Soldier, where it's like, why is everyone on board with this? Minus Michelle Rodriguez. Right. Trudy. But like, everyone in headquarters is also cool with this. And Like, have someone on the inside still well, besides they, the scientists. They
0: try to have it both ways. Like, they have Michelle Rodriguez and uh, uh, the Max Patel, like, this is bad, just full stop. But then they have uh, the CEO guy, Parker Selfridge, which sounds a lot like Parker Selfish, which is dumb. It's a bad name. But basically, they have this thing where he's like, oh, yeah, that guy will move. Keep bulldozing. And he, they have that guy be a jerk the whole time. And then when the attack is finally happening, he looks sad and forlorn in the camera. It's like, no, you you don't get to have both. We don't get to feel bad for you for getting kicked off the planet. And we don't get to think that you might be having second doubts. All this is happening, and it's your fault.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. so that, that conversation point, too, is another thing. Like, It's a very, very small note. And it's just like, if I were a producer in the room, I'd be like, hey, we can combine these two scenes. Because they have the conversation where it's Grace, Colonel, and Jake, and Parker all talking together. And then Grace and Jake leave. And then there's a scene cut to a separate conversation between the Colonel and Parker, where then they do the like, you know, we can just bulldoze the tree. And that's when he goes like, oh, man, he's like, we'll keep uh well, well keep, he uh, says tactics or we'll keep uh no he said that alone. would be a
0: uh, pr nightmare yeah what which how there's no reporters here right so i feel like either it's got to actually be a pr nightmare or he's like no i took this job because like i i'm genuinely interested in this other culture mm-hmm. but at the end of the day i am beholden to shareholders or whatever yeah and so like we can have this guy who's being pulled two ways and he makes the wrong choice But also, it was wild to me that we have discovered an alien world. And unless we've discovered many alien worlds by this point, and we've discovered literal aliens, there was that Sigourney Weaver is like the only scientist. And there isn't like everyone on Earth just fascinated and wants to know everything about the aliens. Because right now, if we discovered an alien planet, that's all anyone on Earth would be able to talk about for a long
1: time well they they have to be there for a while too because it's six years there i assume it's also six years back she has a book out on earth it sure seemed like it was a six year assignment like okay all, like
0: round Ooh. trip you leave earth you won't be back to earth for another six years
1: okay well no because they make a point in the very opening they do
0: it's they, he, like a, you, you sleep for six years or something like that or gone for six years but then over the course of the movie, they use six years to talk about different things like that. And if it is six years there, six years back, she's not old enough to have done that, written a book, gotten it back for it to become popular and other people to have, and for other people to have devoted their lives to that. Yeah. It, it, it right. the timetable doesn't really work.
1: Okay. Well, we'll say the trip is, we'll say it's a year just to make it simple.
0: Yeah. Trip mm-hmm. is a year. You spend four years
1: there and then it takes a year to get back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she has her book, the Grace Augustine Navi book, which Norm has read, and has also spent 500 hours piloting this before even leaving. Yeah. So he's he's done ample work getting to his point, which is the side character who disappears.
0: Yes, who should have died and then somehow doesn't, and it's weird.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And we also see, and I think this is interesting, because it's a question I have every time I watch the movie, I always forget this, hmm. is Norm's avatar gets shot while he's in it. Yeah. And he still wakes up fine. Like he wakes up hyperventilating. Yeah. Uh, but his body is still, his human body is still fine.
0: Yeah. Which happens for all of them. Like, the da- damage doesn't transfer over. Mm-hmm. It feels more like his avatar passed out, there than his human body woke up. Yeah. Like, probably passed out from the pain, and then because one of them went to sleep, the other one woke up.
1: I, I think there should, especially going, if we're going with the spirit bond concept, I think damage should be more transferable. Especially if, like, you're riding the horse and the horse gets hurt, it should also hurt you.
0: I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. It mm-hmm. should be like Matrix. Yeah. If you're hurt there, this is your your spirit, your soul... Like you believe you are hurt, and if you believe you are hurt, you are hurt.
1: Yeah. on On Pandora, there are two realms. There's a physical realm and the spirit realm. Yes. Not like Avatar. It's not like Avatar. Not like Avatar at all. Don't not like Avatar at that. all. No, no, no.
0: I didn't even think about that. But yeah, not like that. Don't, <laughs> don't. Don't. There's no lion turtles.
1: No. Oh, I wish there were lion turtles. I mean,
0: they, they would fit into this world so well. They would. We still have four movies. We still have a chance. So much time. The important thing is that we will have platypus bears. Anyway, continue.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and an armadillo bear.
1: Yeah, but it's just a bear. Weird. You mean a platypus bear? It just says bear. Weird. This place is weird. <laughs> <laughs> what haven't we covered? I I understand why there's two aspects of the the characters that I kinda want to see more of, but I understand for time restraints why we haven't see, why we didn't see them. If this were pitched as like a series, which I think it would be so much better as, uh-huh. I want Jake to be closer to the military guys at the beginning. And so there's almost three groups that he's jumping between because we only yes. ever see him talking to the colonel mm-hmm. we only ever see him talking to norm and grace and then we see him talking to natiri and uh, sute and moat yes and, i a hundred percent agree with this
0: i think he needs to i, I think it needs to be a three out progression military scientist <clears throat> navi
1: yeah like I, I understand why he jumped in the navi so quick and i'm glad he did because like the scenery shots of this movie are incredible It's stunning yes but
0: obviously the na'vi shouldn't trust him right away and he's like kind of slowly earning that trust and the only reason they do is because the forest seems to like him
1: yeah cuz moa i mean she's is, she is the spiritual guide yes um she she gave him the thumbs up and but i agree it like no one should be that trusting yes everyone should still and like uh Sute shouldn't be trusting until the very end right i agree with that until he dies
0: basically yeah. yeah he like true flash thompson style. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I I think I think you're right. But other than that, what else do we need to talk about for the actual core structure of the movie itself? Because I think we've kind of covered everything. Mm -hmm. And anything we haven't covered uh, is fine. Leave it the way it is. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to stitch back together everything we have. That's the job for the actual writer we hire.
1: Right. Um, Because this is two hours and 41 minutes.
0: Yeah, I don't think it needs to be that long. We already cut
1: 20-25 minutes by getting rid of Earth. What I forgot is like when the, ho- when Home Tree falls, I checked the time. There is an hour, hour left, left in the movie. After Home Tree falls. I'm like, what else happens?
0: Like, he needs to, like, he gets kicked out, so he needs to become the Messiah, and then they need to go get the other tribes. And I'm like, I get it, but at that yeah. point, so, it's so like. So that was the other thing. That needs to be your, that is your all is lost moment. Home Tree falling is all is lost.
1: Right. You don't get to have another one later. Yeah, because then they do the Trail of Tears. Yeah but but that was the other thing is like if we have time which we don't if it's a series we do uh you see the other military brats and kind of they're all assholes but jake is like these are my people these are my brothers yeah uh but then also i want to see the other tribes i want to see in tribe fighting for like we see that the human or the, on like the human side there's infighting between the scientists and the uh, and the military guys but also that, like, not everything is perfect for the Navi either,
0: I absolutely agree, mm-hmm. that's why there are multiple tribes, yeah, otherwise there
1: would just be one big tribe, which also makes me question, are there multiple soul trees? Oh, I think so I assume accolades. every tribe would have one when
0: they went and visited all the other tribes, all the other tribes were around some sort of home, home tree, yes, but not necessarily some sort of soul yes, I but yes, I would think so as well, mm-hmm. but for this tribe of Navi, this is like their it's where the souls of their ancestors live
1: yes because then like my question which is the stupid question because it would cost money it's like why doesn't why don't they just move to a different part of pandora because it's a big planet it is but it's a tree can't move no i mean the humans
0: right oh yeah and it's because the unobtainium is under
1: this i know one. and it's when do we want to R- unobtainium?
0: well we're about to get into recasting now okay because that, that's why I'm, I'm getting to that. But yeah. basically, I think the, structure, the core structure of our movie, like we stitch everything together, we talked about. I think we do have what we want our new movie to be. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm happy with that, and I'm ready to talk to, uh, talk about casting. So unless there's something else you wanted to talk about, like structure or
1: plot, I, I think uh, the last thing is the scenes that I I kind of really want to keep. Uh, I'll just go super quick. When Jake first is in the Avatar body and he's running through the uh, running through the grass for the first time, that is beautiful it makes me emotional every time good i love it jake on the icon for the first time again beautiful climb the holly mountains it's gorgeous right we have to give it
0: more stakes but yes yes
1: and then the 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 navi montage where he's going around learning about the people yeah that is and all three of them i love the score of this movie it's the first score ever downloaded of a film (laughs) and i would sit and i'd sit in my theater commons in high school with the lights off and i'd play it at full volume (laughs) just be my super emotional high school self and yeah good, you just just have to let me feel things yeah just let me feel through avatar good mm-hmm. alright okay and now I'm ready for casting good hey I'm Chris and I'm Cameron and we love Batman Superman Wonder Woman and all the DC comic characters and we think you might too or at least just Batman <laughs> And like us, maybe you also yearn for a time when Superman wasn't so broody and Batman wasn't a mass murderer. So join us as we revisit Bruce Timm's classic DC animated universe that started up with Batman the Animated Series and runs through Superman, Justice League, and so much more. We talk about comic origins, inspirations of the films, character psychology, and why this is the definitive DC Comics adaptation. So check out Tim Talk on the Nerdist School Network, subscribe on iTunes, and listen to our latest episode every Tuesday.
0: So let's start with Unobtainium before we even get to cast. Good. <laughs>
1: uh, the most important rename.
0: Like, I don't, like, it, it can literally be, I mean, we can't call it Pandamanium.
1: Pandorium. Pandorium's
0: the obvious one, but like, mm-hmm. something like that is fine. Like, name it after the planet. You even
1: just name it, like, its chemical structure. Yeah, like well, if that's it's boring, but yeah. yes. Nh
0: twelve. I think they don't like naming it after its chemical structure because then that has real world implications. Where if you just say, "Oh, it's unobtainium," it's really good and valuable. Well, What's it made out of? Oh,
2: yeah.
0: rock. <laughs> yeah, like you can't actually tell us what it is because then science would be like, "Oh no, that's that wouldn't be anything." You have to say it's something, and that way we've never conceived of it. That before. that's fair.
1: Yeah. So, pandemanium pandorium pandorium it's just as bad but it's it's, it's better a than little titanium yeah
0: like it i mean you could even just call it red titanium like it's it's titanium but it functions differently and we don't know why mm-hmm. like there's the whole new within the last 10 15 years or something of like you have these super single atom layers of graphite and it's called graphene and it's like the most powerful conductor like something that we are familiar with but then just like Altered slightly in a new way, something like that. But like, what's a what's a super useful element?
1: Carbon.
0: <laughs> that's not useful. That's <laughs> omnipresent. <Really? laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, but it could be like silicon, because or um, even silver is super useful.
1: Like we can. What even... if it's just like super? Because they they make a comment about Earth. Like we killed our mother on Earth. Yeah. What if it's just some kind of like super dense version of oxygen? And, like, or, like, even, like, it's it's a different form of water we've never seen. And, like, that is the fight on Earth. It's just getting the base natural resources that we've lost.
0: And it's just, like, somehow this super dense
1: water. Yeah, water or air or something where it's, like, that is... The Earth is dying. That's why it's so expensive. Hell, we can just call it Oxygenite. Yeah. Because then it's, like, oh,
0: we get it. it Sounds like Pokemon. It does. Uh, But it, like, Oxygenite, because, like, literally you can take this, bring it to Earth... And you have clean, breathable air for a full city block for a year mm-hmm. from just this little bit.
1: Or even like that's what's powering their masks.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's, that, it, it's a perfect filter that fits over your masks that lasts forever. Mm-hmm. But they need it for 12 billion people. Yeah. And it, this is the size of a moon and not the size of a planet. Yes. So it's hard. And it's, and because it's so oxygen rich, like taking it away kills that aspect of the environment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Yeah. Tie it into it being part of the forest. Yeah because the forest is what manufactured it. Yes. Which is
0: something that we didn't talk about, but I feel like it we kind of need to discuss how like literally the unobtanium in the movie, they need to say like this is created by like the soul tree. Like it's literally like the bo- like you need to figure out that it's even more linked together. Like this is the core component that like it's if the trees are soul like even like over eons of this of these soul trees breaking down this is what gets left behind. Mm-hmm. This is the fossil fuel of the planet, but it's fossil fuel from like pure soul. Yeah. So like you're literally stealing the soul of the, like the the even more ancient souls of the world. Yeah. Like and if, you can, and if and the you tree can... goes back a dozen generations, this goes back 200 generations.
1: Yeah. And I think they're only finding small bit small pockets cuz I I, I you know the small tribes, well, I was gonna say this is a whole other conversation about souls and life and shit, but like the animals
2: oh yeah, like, yeah they're
1: yeah. I mean, make it like an uh, almost a direct parallel of fossil fuel. It's like these are the souls of the animals that died great centuries ago,
0: good, and instead of finding new ways uh to manufacture life and energy or anything, it's just they they literally had to go to a new world and find a new form of fossil fuel instead of inventing
1: something else yeah, good, I love it, boom, yeah, I totally get it. I'll call up James.
2: <laughs> we'll work
0: it all out. <laughs> I also didn't mention this before, but when we get to writer, uh, one of the things I messaged you ahead of time was that our writer needs to be from some First Nation tribe some way. Because if we're going to be having that allegory, we need to have someone who can actually write to that allegory. Absolutely. Of, but we'll get there. In In the meantime, I have a couple of other roles here and there where the actor I cast is Native American or Native Canadian. My Navi are um, just a mix of not white people.
1: Yeah, so that was... I was having a hard time finding like Navi actors because we don't see them; they're kind of yeah, just voices.
0: They are. So my friend Diane, who was just on for the remake of In a Lonely Place, she recommended that just get voice actors. If everything's going to be CG anyway, just get people who have really good voices. And, mm-hmm. I, and you and I both love voice actors, and I consider doing that. But I'm like, the way these movies are made is you do the mocap, right? And which is different from the way this movie was made twelve years ago, thirteen years ago when it was actually filmed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that can make it feel more real. Because every time I saw Sigourney Weaver's face on a Na'vi body, it was real weird to me.
1: It is. It's very
0: weird. And I don't like it. But if it's like actual mocap, I think it would be better. And so I think you need actual actors. And specifically for Nateri, I made sure to cast someone who's an actual dancer.
1: Yeah. And also, you can play with ages a lot more. Because while it's still mocap... You know, Nintiri's kind of an ambiguous age, but I would yeah. guess kind of early twenties. That's kind of what I did too. Yeah. But you can, you can cast a 30 year old. You can. I still cast someone in her twenties, but yes, I okay. agree with you. Uh, I also, this is kind of just a dumb fun fact. I was scrolling through the cast list and I'm like, why didn't, why are there no like young native people in this movie? And I realized this was filming tangentially to the Twilight saga and I scrolled through Twilight and they basically like, had the market on every <laughs> native actor under thirty. Wow, was just in one of the Twilight movies.
0: Well, there's also there was a big article that went out. I don't know when this happened, but basically, uh, from a the WGA Indigenous Committee, basically saying that one of the least represented communities in Hollywood are Indigenous people. I yeah, I it's tried like to Google, and there it's less so than a percentage. Few. And so, like, there's a bunch of names on this thing. And so, like, I went through and looked at the IMDb for every single one of them to, like, figure out who I wanted my writer to be. But it's so few. And so it's... You'd have to do some pretty serious casting. But I think it's possible. It's...
1: I mean, the first name that always pops up, I don't know how it was for you, but every article is just like, Danny Trejo, he's here.
0: Yeah. I guess. But, I'm, mm-hmm. but I didn't cast Danny Trejo. Neither did anymore. I.
1: Cool. He, he doesn't fit the vibe.
0: No, not at all. Like, if he was... 50 years younger, maybe he'd be a good sute, or 40 years younger, but I don't think he is now. Yeah. But let's start with Jake. Okay. Um, Who did you have for your Jake Sully? I had a
1: hard time finding a Jake.
0: Jake was also difficult for me. Because he's kind of just generic white guy. Yeah, so I did make a point of casting a not white guy for Jake. As did I. For, like, Parker Selfridge, for Colonel Miles Cortick, and even for Dr. Grace, they're all white. But for Jake, it needed to not be a white dude.
1: Okay. Uh, so my, my white choice <laughs> okay. uh, was Charlie Hunnam. Okay. Just because I like him. He's That's cool. That's
0: fair. Then I got nothing against Charlie Hunnam. Uh,
1: my other choice, my kind of real choice is, uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name, uh, Evan Jogia. I don't know that one. He, this is showing my generation. <laughs> uh, did you ever watch Victorious? I'm aware of Victorious. He's the hot boyfriend. Okay. On he plays Beck. What does he do now? He's still acting. He's also writing and producing. Oh, But okay. what I know him now from is he's on, this is again telling how I spend my time. He's <laughs> a big voice on TikTok right now talking about what it's like being an actor in Hollywood, especially a young actor. Okay. And trying to transition out of acting into producing and how near impossible it is. Say his name again? Avon uh, Jogia?
2: Yes.
0: Okay, I'm looking at him now. He's all, he was also in the recent remake of Shaft. He's in Zombieland Double Tap. Yeah, that's a good pull, actually. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I really like him. He, he has a good energy about him. And I think he can... He's not bulky, but you can kind of get him to the build of X marine That's a pretty easy thing to do nowadays. Yeah, and
0: it's not... You don't necessarily need to be
1: Batista.
0: You just need to be muscular. Right. You don't need to be ripped. You just need to be,
1: uh, I don't know, fit.
2: Yeah. As the British You don't need a Kumel. Y-
0: yeah. Y-
1: you need, like... Half of an Ant Man.
0: Yeah, you can even do like a what a yes, basically yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, all right. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So for me, I went with an actor. It's been around for a while, and he's kind of had a, just such a variety of different roles. I wanted someone who can kind of the Jake Sully we have in the movie kind of tries to be funny and it doesn't work. So I need someone who can kind of be funny while also kind of being tough. And he's an actor that is very recognizable. And if you're going to be do, doing a remake of this movie. You kind of gotta have a recognizable guy but I didn't go with like the most A-list this is an actor who was in Skins he was in Newsroom and most recently he's now in Green Knight okay I went with Dev Patel yes I yep but I think Avan Jogia is better I think that's a better pull I think that's more interesting and I think when you talked about what he's doing on TikTok of kind of talking what it's like to be modern Hollywood I think that's a better choice for this role so while I love Dev Patel I do think Avan Jogia is the way to go
1: cool yeah and i think he's also just like a, a hair younger
0: yeah def patel i think is in his 30s and about yeah he's like 29, 29.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah uh good so then you went first for that one let me tell you about my material cool so because of the movements and stuff that zoe saldana had to do or theoretically had to do it was important to me to find someone who is a dancer for this role so a, a young actress who also dances because our jake sully is 29 so i was casting like also mid to late 20s. Uh, so this actress I found is in, was in something called How It Ends, but she's also a voice actress. And so she was in The Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But she first became famous because she had a role in Vampire Diaries. Okay. This actress is named Kat Graham. The obvious choice that I imagine a lot of people come in, and there's a distinct possibility that you are going to say um, Zendaya. I
1: didn't put her down. It was it, it was on but, on my tongue the entire time. But I
0: feel like it's a possibility, and that's like the first like without putting any thought into it. That's what people will go with. But like, I think Zendaya is a very good actress. But I think what we've kind of learned from Space Jam is that she's not necessarily a voice actor. That's
1: exactly why I didn't put her down. Was because of Lil the Bunny.
0: Yeah, which is a shame. But we've learned. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to see her so we can see her doing what... Because vocally, she's not very interesting, but it's what she's doing with her face and her emotions that really make her so phenomenal. She's an amazing actress. Yes. But not just because of her voice. It's because of her everything. Right. Although she does have the dance background. So that's why I thought Kat Graham was a more interesting choice. She's actually 31, so she's a little bit older, which kind of makes sense with the dynamic I think we'd, we'd be going with, but... Anyway, that's who I have. Yeah.
1: And, and also, again, we can change the age. It's yeah. CGI. The age
0: doesn't really matter. Like, they're not going to go, well, according to your Earth years, I'm 31. Age doesn't actually matter. Anymore. Yeah. It's more
1: perceived. This is full anime logic at this point. Absolutely. Well, let's not go that far. <laughs> we, don't, we don't... She's 12. <laughs> we don't need a waifu in this. We need a waifu in this. Oh, no. And that's why I picked. <laughs> oh, no. So, I'm sorry. Who did you have for uh, Nateri? Uh, no, I love the dance aspect. I didn't even think about that. I kind of just went with actresses that I've seen recently and I really enjoyed their performance and I think they could fit well in here. Tessa Thompson, I threw in there. Of course. Uh, She's great. I also think she would make a great Trudy, but we'll get to that later. Trudy? Michelle Rodriguez.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Trudy Chacon, yes.
1: Yeah. I just... Her name's Michelle Rodriguez. (laughs) It's just Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. I was like, Trudy. Which was very hard to recast.
0: Uh, I do have someone for Mm -hmm. that, but yes. Go
1: on. And then the other actress, again, a little bit older... Juju mbatha Rao. <laughs> I horribly so horribly pronounce that. Renslayer from Loki. Yes. Juju
0: Embatha Rao. The reason I know that name is because last episode when I remade The Abyss, which that is who we ended up going with over Hayley Atwell.
1: Okay. So Oh wow. That's a those are that's a tough yeah, challenge. Yeah, so right I
0: now. brought in Hayley Atwell because like I wanted her like she's a good strong female lead and I want her in more things cuz she's amazing. And then Tom brought in Juju and Botha Raw and was like, that's perfect. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have us go with Kat Graham because yes. A, it's a name I've never used before. And B, because we literally just went with her last episode, which is great. <laughs> it's a good pull.
1: You did a good job. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I, I fully agree with going with your choice.
0: But that brings us to Dr. Grace Augustine.
1: Okay. Augustine. Yes. Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. I only had one poll for this. I threw in Rosario Dawson.
0: Oh, that's a good one.
1: Mm-hmm. I think she has, I think it. she'd play it very differently yeah, because obviously. Sigourney Weaver is very hard and tough. Yes. And I think Rosario can play that, but she can also, she has this like motherly presence of like always having to take care of the people around her, even yes. if she's kind of jaded doing so. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think that's good. I think Rosario Dawson's actually a really,
0: really good choice. For Dr. Grace Augustine, I also did dance experience because I basically wanted people to be able to kind of do the movement <coughs> of the motion capture Mm -hmm. Um, but i also went with someone who kind of could do like sigourney weaver energy (laughs) specifically sigourney weaver energy in the role so i went with amy adams okay and i'm genuinely torn because i like
1: both those choices
0: let's come back yeah yeah
1: i'm happy with either yeah
0: i'm happy with either also so basically whenever it's whenever i'm happy with either it's like well let's see who got more and give it to the other one Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah i think those are both great good let me talk about my colonel miles cortic Okay. This guy was tough, but he was one of the people I cast first because I'm like, oh, it's so easy to find white actors, no problem. So I wanted someone who didn't just immediately come off as like, yeah, you're a dick. I wanted someone to be like, yeah, no, we're going to be friends. I'm so glad you're here on this planet. We're, we're doing good things. We're protecting the people. We're doing the right stuff.
1: Yeah. You want the slow burn.
0: Slow burn. And I think this guy has played immediate evil, slow burn into not so evil, but like kind of a whole... We can trust him, but not trust him because he was in Iron Man 2 and Three Billboards and Moon. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Yeah.
1: I think, I think Sam, I I love Sam Rockwell to death. I think he's a better Parker than he is Colonel. That's fair. I, cause Colonel, like, I, I agree. I I like the slow burn, but I think he still needs that like military cut.
0: Fair. I agree with you. Okay. Uh, Tell me who you had.
1: I think the the obvious choice that I don't want to go with, but is the first name that the pop of my head is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It's just the exact same performance over yeah, again. Um my other pick, my kind of left field pick, is uh Desmond Hansu. Oh. From uh Heroes.
0: No. Who am I thinking of?
1: Um no, he I know him from Never Back Down. Uh he is the guy the other the first alien we meet in Guardians, when Star Lord steals the thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. he's like, uh, Who are you? Who are you? Like Like, who? Yeah. Oh. He's that guy. Yeah. He's kind of in the background of a lot of these movies. And he's so good. He's so good. Yes,
0: absolutely him.
1: Yeah. Because I I wrote him down twice because I I wanted him to be in here.
0: The only problem I have with him is that... What are the optics of putting not a white guy in charge of the, quote, American military? Uh,
1: So, with that, I thought it was funny that...
0: Especially someone with such a strong not American accent. Yes. Because I love Juman Hansu. Mm-hmm. But
1: I, my thinking with this is they kind of make it very clear who are the good guys and bad guys just by race in this movie. Yeah. Where all the white people are the bad ones, and all the non-white people minus the the trio are the good ones. Yeah. And so I was trying to mix that up a little bit, equal opportunity evil.
0: I, you know what? That's fair. I'll give that to you. Great. Equal opportunity evil. What matters isn't the race. What matters is the intent and the actions. Yes,
1: and he's he's such an intense person.
0: Yeah, and I think he's amazing. That's that's a good poll. I like that. And I think you're correct. Great, let's talk about Trudy Chacon, otherwise known as Michelle Rodriguez.
1: This was very hard. Yes, I agree with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Am I starting this one? Yes, you are. Okay, uh, I had two polls for this. Again, I think Mich- I think Michelle Rodriguez was there and they wrote the character around her. Basically, So it's yeah. very hard to recast this one. My first poll was uh, Gemma Chan from, oh my gosh, uh, Crazy Rotations. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. She's the one that's like secretly hiding stuff from her husband who finds out he's in the affair. Sure. he's She's also the voice of Namari from Raya, that recently came out. Right. The villain. Yeah. And she's soon to be Cersei in The Eternals. Cool. Yeah, just kind of has this cool like brooding energy about her. Mm-hmm. Second choice, and we... I think we briefly talked about the movie she's in, Mackenzie Davis. From Dark Fate? Yes. Okay. She's the Terminator, and and, right? Or she's a Terminator. She's not a Terminator. She's an enhanced human. Okay, I've not
0: seen the movie. It's good. Okay. I would not put her in this... She's not that... No. Okay. Like, I, I would more likely go with Gemma Chan, but I think in this case... I might have a better person. So mm-hmm. I yeah, went totally fair. I went with someone. She was also in Pop Star. N- uh, Never Stop Never, Never Stop. Stopping. Yep. Uh, but she's also in The Walking Dead. And so, like, if you can survive in The Walking Dead, you can be a Michelle Rodriguez kind of uh surrogate. This actress's name is Christian Marie Cerrados.
1: Oh, she pl- she's Selena in the the uh Seleno Cool. Yeah. <laughs> But
0: basically, like she does, kind of the big, intense action kind of things, and therefore, I thought she'd be a decent person to attempt a, a Michelle Rodriguez replacement. Even though no one can really ever hold the candles of Michelle Rodriguez, I think she would be pretty good.
1: Yeah, totally down for it. Great. Oh my god, she <laughs> what? What just happened? <laughs> oh my god, she was the love interest from Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. <laughs> okay. Yes. She was Susie Crabgrass.
0: <laughs> good, that's a good name. Yep. Good,
1: I love. All her. right, I'm even more in with this actress. Fantastic.
0: Uh, that brings us to Doctor Max Patel, and it's my turn to go first. Uh, the problem with the actor who played Doctor Max Patel in the first movie is that he's not old, and he like hasn't aged really, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted someone who kind of had that same sort of energy, but obviously this is a global effort, and I want someone who like uh, Juman Hansu. Isn't just, hey, look, it's Americans and uh, aliens. Mm -hmm. Global effort. So I cast, and because the guy's name is Patel, he needs to be of Indian descent. So I cast an actor who's never really been a lead in anything except for kind of this project that he kind of produced on his own which was called brown nation but he went back and forth between bollywood and hollywood okay so he was in a bollywood production called three idiots he's in brown nation he had a couple uh he was in arrested development for a little bit this actor's name is omi o-m-i vaidya v-a-i-d-y-a it's a bit of a one-for-one but because he has the comedy experience like he even had a role in the lisa kudrow thing uh the comeback i think Okay. Yeah, he had a he. I mean, it was a one episode thing, and he played the Uber driver.
1: <laughs> so it's like, thanks Hollywood. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like give this guy an actual role. Yeah. So Umi Vaidya. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay. I thought it would be fun. I yeah, I'm fully in for that. I honestly didn't think you'd make it this far down the list because he was the last person I listed. Fair. Because he's there's eleven so insignificant. There's eleven people, so I can't like that's
0: it. And that's all we get. So I just cast all eleven.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. So I did say so. My was was kind of a throwaway pick. It was just more of a personal choice for me for wanting to see it. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's fine. He's too famous. <laughs> yeah, that—that's when I was casting Norm. I had the same problem. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Norm. Who'd you have for Norm? Okay, I had to had to kind of struggle with this because Norm is is he's the he's the sidekick trope to a T. Yes. And a lot of the people I was looking for are, I think, too attractive for that role. Yes. Uh, so I have two kind of decent choices and one very left field choice just to, to fully change up the game. Uh, the first choice is too attractive and I'm going to pitch it anyway. Uh, Adrian Greener, also known as Vinny Chase from Entourage. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Because well, with Norm, an aspect of his character that I wanted them to lean into more, which they just fully blew past, is he should be more jaded towards Jake. Because he spent 500 hours of his life practicing his navi being in the avatar body dedicating his life to this and then this no name takes his opportunity and he's fully cast aside by the people you never see him enter the village yeah
0: he lucks into being a part of the village which is this something that norm has wanted probably as long as he's known that this thing existed
1: yeah so i i was picking actors that like are good at that very jaded fair while still being like Kind of there.
0: Yeah, I agree that Adrian Greener is too attractive though.
1: Uh Grenier. Yeah. Thank you. I've mispronounced it. I don't know that I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, Grenier.
0: Could be anything. No one will let know.
1: It's Vinny Chase, and it's only Vinny Chase. Sure. Daniel Brule is my second choice. He's Zemo from Falcon One Soldier. Okay. Got it. Uh again, he just has that good, like pouty. <laughs> good good jaded energy. You're really yeah. you're really
0: trying to cast someone in their forties for this role.
1: I did go a little older for him.
0: Which is fine. I got no problem with that.
1: Uh, and then my super left field choice, just because, like, I think it'd be really interesting if we flip the genders on some of these. Aaron Moriarty. Aaron Moriarty from uh, The oh, Boys. What? The Boys. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's a fun choice also. This also is a good character. I also considered doing a gender swap on this character, and then I ended up not doing that, but she is a good choice.
1: I, yeah, I feel like she can play jaded, and also, like, she's very attractive. But I think she could also play, like, the uncomfortable nerd pretty well.
0: Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Mm -hmm.
1: And she's the, like, the right level of fame.
0: Yes, I agree with that, too. Uh, For me, um, what I ended up doing for this role was... (laughs) I think this is actually the only time I did this. So one of the things that made it really convenient for me to find uh, Native American performers right now was there's a show coming out called Reservation Dogs, which is about a bunch of people on a reservation amazing uh and i think this is the only actor i actually cast from this so this actor is uh, a member of the mohawk tribe but so he's in reservation dogs but he was also had a role in american gods he was in the lie and i thought for this particular role someone who really might be fascinated with an indigenous tribe on another planet might be someone who's from an indigenous tribe on this planet i love that and so this actor's name is Devery jacobs and i did gender swap it i forgot oh it's a she okay yeah, Devery jacobs i I guess I did gender swap it, and, cause I, for the exact same reason, and I forgot that I did that. But yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Devry Jacobs. Uh, so she it would be very fascinated, and she has had all these different roles. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought she'd be fun. She is a little bit on the
1: younger side. Oh, she's, okay, I remember scoring by her name, because she's cast as Tiger Lily in the live-action Peter Pan that's coming out soon.
0: I guess, Yes. Yeah. I did not know
1: that, but there you go.
0: Mm-hmm. So I thought she'd be fun, if you're okay with that.
1: Oh, yeah, totally fine with that. Cool.
0: So then the four roles I have left are Parker Selfridge, Sute, Moat, and uh, Etukan. Etukan, yeah. So let's knock out the rest of our humans with Parker Selfridge. So I wanted with... So So I actually went... Someone who I've seen perform recently, uh, this actor is Italian. Um, I saw him in The Old Guard. I just thought he was really good and charming, but I think he could play intense very well. And so could really play the conflict that is absent or is unearned in the character as we have him now. So he is, he, I've only seen him in the old guard, but he's had other roles. Like he's in something called, they call me Jig. He was in Martin Eden. It's this actor is named Luca Marinelli. Luca spelled like the movie, which is very good. And then Marinelli M A R I N E L L
1: I. Yes. Okay. That is the one I was thinking of. Yeah. So he's the one in the relationship in the old guard. Yes. Mm hmm. Okay. I dig that. He has, he has the right look. Yeah. He's the right Mm
0: -hmm. look. It's a one for one casting, but then I cast someone who was unknown.
1: Yes. But who did you have? Because I also did one-for-one one casting for two of them. Because I wanted him to be more of a comedic character. I understand that we, he should be more of the conflicted one. I think
0: if we go with Juman Hansu for Colonel Miles Kortik, then this guy can be the slow burn.
1: Okay. More so. Got it. But yes, I agree with you. Uh, who did you have? Uh, so my one-for-one one is... I, I love Giovanni Ribisi. But every time I see him, I think it's someone else, and then I get sad when it's not him. (laughs) Okay. The Tooch. Stan the Tooch Toochie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I love Stanley Toochie in Uh, Anything and Everything. I'm aware. (laughs) (laughs) I have a nickname. But my left field choice is, I think, if if we're going with the slow burn, I think he'd fit this very well. uh, John Cho. Oh, okay. I guess uh star trek harold and kumar yeah uh was the one that, with his daughter missing which was very good uh searching yes thank you i think that could be a really interesting more yeah. serious take on it i agree i think that's i think that's a good choice because he's like when i was looking at this character my first thought is like corporate sleaze
0: yeah like who
1: can just have that smile that just makes you want to punch them in the face
0: and i I think casting John Cho for that is a good... Cho- I think that's a good choice. I think we should go with John Cho. I think that is an excellent idea.
1: Yeah, so if that was my left field, I have my in-the-nosebleeds, sticking with the, the metaphor. Okay. <laughs> Jermaine Clement, <laughs> just as, like, the pure I mean, comedy side.
0: That would be a very different portrayal be, yeah, of the character. Yeah, very different.
1: But I I think John I think cho John Cho is
0: the way to go. I think Jermaine Clement would be distracting. Yes. Um. I think if we had more time to spend with him... Then Jermaine Clement would be fun because it'd be a weird take. But I think for the role as it is, I don't think sh- it should be expanded. And I think for that, John Cho is a good choice. Yes. Cool. Um, that brings us to the three other members of the Na'vi tribe. And yes. I think there should be more. But for our purposes, we have these three in addition to Neytiri. Mm-hmm. So we have Tsute, Mu'at, and Etukan. Yes. So let's start with Tsute. Who did you have for Tsute?
1: Also went First Nation. Uh-huh. Uh, i he, did for
0: two out of three of these but not the for but not for moat
1: okay uh moat i have a, I have a very interesting one uh so he played the son in the revenant and he also has another show coming out soon which i think might i think he might be on reservation dogs but his name is Forrest good luck okay that's a great name it is uh he has a very like good serious face yeah i like him mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he's again kind of an unknown i Absolutely. think kind of coming into it he's he's on the younger side Which I think if we're kind of, depending on what we're doing with Natiri, I think we can kind of mimic it with what we do. No, I think this is a good choice. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, my logic is fairly similar. It's another actor I'm not that familiar with, but he's been acting for a very, very long time. He's a little bit older. Okay. So he kind of is in the line of a little bit more established than this young kid's coming and taking my wife. Um, Like to the point where he was a kid in iRobot. He was a kid in Shanghai Noon he's uh native canadian uh this
1: actor's name is Simon Baker. Okay, that sounds familiar. Okay. Oh, he wow. No, this must be the wrong one.
0: Yeah, it's a different one.
1: Okay, yeah, cuz like this not,
0: is Not not that one. It's Simon Baker on IMDb, not 1 but 3.
1: Okay. Okay, I I like his I like his face
0: yeah. a lot. And you want someone who gives like an interesting face for the purposes of like most capture. Right. So, I'm perfectly happy to go once again go with either Simon Baker or uh forest good luck i think both of them bring very different things to the role mm-hmm. and i think that's fine as long as they kind of have that high school bully mentality i think either one of these people would be interesting
1: i i'm i'm kind of going with your choice because i think he has the better like stoic face okay. of like i'm chief i'm chief in running and that's i would think that would be true of someone who's 35 over someone who's 22 yeah all right
0: that's fair okay so then you went first for that one so let me tell you about who i had for moat the spiritual leader I kind of flipped it a little bit and had this be kind of like the more, like had the mom be a little bit more warrior and the dad be a little bit more spiritual. I stunt cast this a little bit just because I know that you happen to love this actress. (laughs) But I I didn't want it to be all First Nations. I wanted it to be like a a blend of just not white people. But this is an actress who was in Mandalorian. She's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's in Mulan.
1: Oh, yeah. I Um, I, want to Ming-Na yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I thought she'd be fun. Okay. That's hilarious you picked that, which you'll understand in a second.
0: All right. It just felt like we need another Disney tentpole for her to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And
1: this seemed like the one. I dig that. Cool. Who do you have? Funny enough, a different Disney princess. Oh, did you really? As because everyone makes fun of this being a remake of Dances with Wolves, *FernGully*, and Pocahontas, why not cast Pocahontas as Moat? I don't know who played Pocahontas. Irene Bedard is her name. She's not in a lot. But having that as like an ode to kind of, it's like, it's thematic ancestor. Yeah. I think could be really interesting. My other choice is Angela Bassett. Because, <laughs> you know, why not? I think Irene Dart is a better choice. hmm I'm, I, I'm tempted to go
0: with that. I think that's, we both went kind of with like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of yeah. uh, person.
1: <laughs> and I th- think your wink, wink, nudge, nudge person is a little bit better. Well, because it's a little bit going from Pocahontas to Grandmother Willow. <laughs> yeah although i wouldn't word it that way when you reach out to her and i would never <laughs> yeah but i think it i think that'd be a good kind of uh bringing a tree branch to the reaching out a tree olive branch, branch, branch. The other. that's the one <laughs> <laughs> look my neighborhood we don't got those bridge branches we just got those tree branches
0: <laughs> great <laughs> all right so who did you have for
1: etuken this actor i, I had a hard time finding one for Etiken because when i was looking up kind of older natives the the guy they cast is kind of the face I kept seeing. Yeah. Uh, Wes Studi. Mm-hmm. But connected to him, there was an actor I saw, uh, Benjamin Bratt. Okay. Bratt. B-R-A-T-T. He is, I think, Spanish native? Peru native? He was the voice of uh, Ernesto de la Cruz in Coco. Nice. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a fun choice. Yes.
1: Like, we know he can do voices well. Yes. And he also has that, like, that face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say that this is a good one for one. I think that this is the right kind of mentality. I think this is a great poll. Um, Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good job. The, the, perp- the person that I have is a member of the uh, Mambutu tri- Membutu, Membutu First Nation tribe. Uh, he was also in Cold Pursuit. He's in a show called Tribal. He was in Unsettled. This actor's name is Glenn Gould. G-L-E-N-G-O-U-L-D. So it's one of the things where I recognized him. He has a different energy. So I think I might want to go with Benjamin Bratt. But I think that he is good and can kind of play a role. Play it differently necessarily than the way it was played the first way. But kind of went with the sort of matchup I had of Moat being a little bit more warrior. And Etuken being a little bit more spiritual.
1: Yeah. Or even just like a little more family.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mm-hmm. agree with that. But I think Benjamin Bratt is a more interesting yeah. choice. I
1: just couldn't imagine, I can't imagine this face, Glengold, with without the mustache. Yeah. And I don't know, we don't know if, if Na'vi can grow facial hair.
0: That's true. Well, we that is true. We don't.
1: Would it also have, if they... <laughs> <laughs> it would it also have little <laughs> tentacles
0: <laughs> to grow Fu Manchu? Would try- it also... <laughs> well, it's like, if, if the ponytail gets cut off, their only option is to grow a beard mm-hmm. and grow a, uh, just the longest goatee. And should just plug their chin into whatever they're trying to connect with.
2: Yeah.
1: Gross. It's good. I, I'm, you know, James is going to love these ideas. Yeah. Uh, He's very open to other people's ideas. Oh, yeah.
0: Very well known to be a super chill dude. Yeah. Just Very a collaborative guy. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think Benjamin Bratt, because I think he'd be able to have a little bit more charisma and just like, than just being the elder statesman. hmm But yeah. So that is it in terms of cast... You got one, two, three, four, five, and I got one, two, three, four, five. Amazing!
1: <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> which one were we discussing. Rosario Dawson and Amy Adams for Doctor Grace Augustine. I'm fine going Amy Adams. I'll concede. Mm, Do you also want to concede? Fine. <laughs> I was about to, but uh, I'll
0: uh, I'll take it with the logic that we might come back to it since mm. I'm pretty confident in my writer and director.
1: Good. Well, I think also we need because we have kind of. You know, I know you don't go into very much of like, we need a big actor or actress to to be like the pole of this franchise. Yeah. We didn't really go with a huge name for Jake or for Natiri. That's true. And it'd be nice if we had someone.
0: Mm-hmm. Although both, I would say Ros- Rosario Dawson is, might be a bigger actress than uh,
1: Amy Adams. I don't think so. I think Amy Adams holds the like Midwest moms.
0: That's fair. All right. Mm-hmm. You know what? You're right. We got to get the Midwest moms somehow. Yeah. And
1: it can't just be me taking my mom over and over And we
0: also did a pretty good job of not really casting any white people. Yeah. So we might need one. (laughs) (laughs) Did we not cast any?
1: Yeah, all right, fine. Amy Adams it is then. Cool. Oops. Hey, you know... Good. I got no we still, problem. Yeah, with it. We still got the rainbow covered.
0: Yeah. Who cares? So that brings us to writer. Writer was the toughest for me to find, just for all the reasons we mentioned earlier.
1: Mm-hmm. I fully, won, I fully let this one up to you. Oh, okay. I I, I, I anyone I looked up, I didn't know.
0: Okay. So, so one of the first, so I had three names. The first one that I dismissed was someone who really just worked on comedies. The person I ended up going with was someone who did mostly comedies, but had also been a showrunner, so could kind of have that level of expertise and was a little bit older. Um, and so could have, would be able to stand up to the director and kind of say, well, this is the way it is in this way. And this is what the kind of, this is the stereotypes we're trying to avoid. So the person I dismissed, I'm going to say all their names, is Kelly Linda Angelo. She worked on Final Space. She worked on Miracle Workers, which are fun shows, but didn't really fit the tone here. Mm-hmm. The person I dismissed second, he, re- he hasn't done as much. The movie that he made, mi- like, but he's of the, all of them who written movies. He wrote a movie called Eagle Eye. Is that, it's the Shia LaBeouf movie okay, where he's good. like yeah. running and stuff. And to make sure, but he's also currently working, or it's in post development or something, on a movie and its sequel. The movie is called Here There Be Dragons, and then the sequel is called Search for the Red Dragon, which are based off of para, which are based off some fantasy novels that I have read.
1: Oh, which ones? Here
0: There Be Dragons and oh. Search for the Red Dragons, <laughs> and I read them because I think the authors from Tucson, Arizona, which is where I'm from, and so as someone who has written a dramatic movie and is now working on fantasy movies, it kind of fit. But it it hasn't come out yet and they've kind of been in development for a while. So I'm like, I don't know. It's possible he's the better choice.
1: I mean, it fits James Cameron though.
0: It does. But I ended up going with Sierra Teller uh, Ornelas because she is Native American descent and also has written on Happy Endings and Superstore and she created a show called Rutherford Falls.
1: Oh, that's the the um, Peacock. Yes. Yeah, it's the next of the What's-His-Face shows. Uh, Michael Shore? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because she was a showrunner and she
0: had that experience, I thought she'd be able to work well with whoever, whichever director we got. And I felt, felt like she would have the confidence to be able to stand up and say, no, that... So, like, there's a lot of different things you don't realize are little microaggressions that have kind of just, like, traversed culture. Like, using a term like, oh, well, my spirit animal is, don't use that because it's uh, diminishing an actual belief of indigenous people. Like, that's not a term people should use. Mm -hmm. And so I think she'd be good at making sure that all these little things that might get input and people who aren't, don't have a background in this culture use, I think she'd be good at being able to stand
1: up for and preventing that from happening. Did Brother Bear have a white writer? I don't know. Uh, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. Yeah, probably. Uh Steven. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that was but the...
0: yeah, so so the writer I have is Sierra Teller O'Neillis. Okay. And so I thought I thought she'd be good and confident enough to be able to stand up for her. Yeah, thing. I fully dig that. I I think Plus she can actually write comedy, which James Cameron cannot. Yes, I was
1: gonna say this movie needs like three jokes.
0: Yes. Because means... right now it has none. it, it has well no it has some they're just not funny okay so we don't know that they're jokes (laughs) okay like i'm sure it has moments where like there was a brief pause to allow the audience to laugh and then we just didn't Mm -hmm. but i think we need them yes like even the moment when like the weirdest moment for comedy is when it should not be happening which is when like after jake and terry have sex and the spirit forest is being bulldozed there's that weird moment where she's desperately trying to wake Sully and they're having the super chill. You gotta eat some eggs. You gotta have... And it's like, weirdly... Like, I get it and it kind of fits in the moment but, like, it it didn't work for me. It needs to either be genuinely funny but, like, you gotta eat some eggs before you go in your pot. Well, I mean, they,
1: they like, slowly worked up to it of, like, he kept leaving the table early and she kind of, like, hand him her, her, yeah, his drink or something. But yeah. it
0: was bad and, like, really... It felt to be really diminishing, Natiri, the fact that Natiri is, like, Risking her own life and the, like she's watching her ancestors be demolished around her. Yes. While trying to wake up this guy she just admitted she's in love with and bonded herself to life with for. Right.
1: So, you know, actual comedy would be nice. So anyway,
0: let's talk about director.
1: Okay. I'm up. I am, am not good with directors. That is, that is fully Chris's realm when it comes to these conversations. Uh, so I just picked the two people that did sci-fi movies that I liked recently. Fair enough. So Dennis Villeneuve. Uh, Villanueva, yes. who was
0: the director we went with for The Abyss last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> he's, he's a, he is a good choice for a James Cameron replacement because he does the intense,
1: deep sci-fi. And he's good with color. And that's yes. such a big part of this movie.
0: Absolutely. And I agree with that. So I think he is a good choice. Mm-hmm. But who did you, who was the other person you had just in case?
1: Uh, Alec Garland. I don't know him. Uh, he did Ex Mahina and he did Annihilation. Oh. Also good with colors. Absolutely. Yes. that was a big thing for me. It's like, I need a director who can just make something vibrant. Fuck any, like, connection to the muddy, dull, gladiator, dark night bullshit. Yes,
0: I agree with that. So I told you that for me it was important to have someone who was themselves an artist outside of being a director. Mm-hmm. So I found this list of directors who were artists and James Cameron is a painter, Ridley Scott's a painter. I consider Ridley Scott, but I'm like, no, I can't go with that. Because the other person who's like a sculptor and a painter is Guillermo del Toro.
1: Oh, fuck yeah. So that's who we have to go with. Hell, oh my god. And the creature design, like, the creature design in this movie is, like, fine. It's it's kind of one for one for, like... But we need someone who
0: would, especially someone who would nerd out and be super passionate about, like, just creating the world. Yes. And that's what Guillermo del Toro would be. Absolutely. And so that's who I thought. I mean, like, Talented Artists, Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy, just the world of
1: Troll Hunters. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And I think and he's really good at making uncomfortable sex scenes with aliens. Exactly, that's what we need. That's the only reason we need. Him. Exactly. So, are you? okay How with can the- he make tentacle porn hot?
0: He'll give He'll it a do go. It.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm fully yeah. down with you. Okay,
0: great. So that's who I thought would be a fun director.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, so in that know. case,
0: we have our list. Okay, let me take you through our Avatar this time for real, though. Okay, whatever the tagline would be, Avatar.
1: It's not the one you're thinking of.
0: (laughs) Uh, Avatar. The only element is heart.
1: Yep.
2: Jake Sully. (laughs) Soul.
0: (laughs) Yeah, basically. Avatar colon soul.
2: Yes.
0: (laughs) Jake Sully is going to be played by Yvonne Jogia. Jogia?
1: I'm so bad. I'm so white. Hey, We both are, man.
0: Uh, Which is why we were really good choices for this. But nonetheless, um, Neytiri will be Kat Graham. Dr. Grace Augustine will be Amy Adams. Colonel Miles Cortic will be Juman Honsu. Uh Trudy Chacon will be Christian Marie Serratos. Dr. Max Patel will be Omivaida, Va- uh, Vaidya. Norm Spellman will be Devery Jacobs. Parker Selfridge will be John Cho. Tsute will be Simon Baker. Moat will be Irene Bedard. Etouken will be Benjamin Bratt. All of this will be written by Sierra Teller Ornelas and directed by Guillermo del Toro. Hell yeah. Cameron,
1: you gonna go see this movie? Absolutely. Yeah!
0: All right, cool. We did it. We made a remake. So now's the time. Uh, plug some stuff. Tell everybody about where they can follow you and do things in internet.
1: Uh, yeah, if you want to follow my other podcast, as, as Chris Lord has plugged many times before, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on. Oh, I don't do this part on Instagram.
2: Facebook, facebook twitter
1: and gmail yes it is <laughs> i zone out when he does this part tim talk <laughs> uh yeah, tim talk pod on all of the above if you want to find uh me i have an art page we can find that at cameron.dexter on instagram and if you want to see my face you can find that at Dexter underscore adventures it's mainly just me going to disneyland
0: cool uh if you're interested in following me i am at sam gash s-a-m-g-a-s-c-h on twitter or you can follow the podcast ideal remake on twitter mostly instagram or you can join us on facebook at ideal remake or ideal remake podcast or if you're a fan of podcasts the best thing you can do for ideal remake for tim talk for any podcast you like is to go on apple podcast and leave us five stars it's great it helps the almighty algorithm tell people oh hey maybe this one's okay yeah but yeah that is avatar cameron thank you so much for making me rewatch this movie after 12 years and uh for remaking it with me hey
1: sam i see you
0: Aw, oh, thanks, buddy. I see you, too. <laughs> that was weird, because that was before that was pop culture.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I was like,
0: mm, I mean, this predates pop culture. So this is where it's from. But also, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. But with that said, what's your favorite quote from the movie Avatar?
1: Uh, oh, it's Siltzan, Silt San. Which means? Uh, Sheje is Natiri's, uh, is uh, her ikan. And it's just, it's basically just a good girl. Oh, which I like. How oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. That's very cute. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool.